Hello and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. I went to the PX today and I bought candy. And mm-hmm. have you ever eaten a Kit Kat without a wafer yeah. in it? No. <laughs> I assumed you've eaten a Kit Kat. I mean, you're not an alien. But <laughs> um, it's kind of gross because <laughs> the chocolate is that it's a not... new kind. No, I or... think I just got a defective Kit Kat. <laughs> but the chocolate's different, right? Than like regular milk chocolate. It's just, it was weird. So yeah, so you that sure was you didn't that. get the apple pie Kit Kat? No, I got because that's a new one they got. That's if I dig in my trash here, it's just a regular old Kit Kat, and I bit into it. Defective and Kit Kat. It was defective. There was no wafer. If it were Halloween, I'd be very disappointed. But you know, it's, it's October. It's the best 31 days of the year, in my humble opinion. Oh yeah, one of my favorite months of the year, definitely. Got Halloween, we've got baseball. Yes. Um, we do indeed. Pumpkin spice latte, if that's your thing. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the kind of thing you're into. I could just picture my, uh, you, Joe, getting your pumpkin spice latte. No, I was just going to say, I tried one once to see what the hype was about. Um, unpopular opinion. I think they're kind of gross. <laughs> I think it depends on, on, on what you get and where you get it from. But I, I, I have to admit that pumpkin pie is my all-time favorite pie. Yes. I absolutely love this time of year when pumpkin pie comes back. So I'm really glad for that. Another thing I love about October is uh, scary movie time. Uh, yes. A lot of uh, new, a lot of new movies, new shows are coming out, all about like spooky stuff and scary stuff. So I'm really excited for that. What's your favorite spooky movie? Ooh, um, honestly, <laughs> it's cheesy. It's not really spooky. Uh, scary movies, one of my all-time favorite themed scary movies. Even though it's not scary at all, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just one of my favorites. But aside from all the spooky things and pumpkin spice things that the season brings, baseball. So today on our episode, we're yep. talking to the Baltimore Orioles. Big big fans here at the fort and uh, good good community partners and friends of ours. Um, yep. So I'm excited for that. It's we got really the world... great to have them on the show. Yes, and we have we have the World Series coming up in October. So I'm looking yep. forward to that. And um, as you said, Halloween. So obviously with COVID, um, on October 8th, Colonel Nyland will have his regular uh, Facebook town hall. And folks, you're gonna wanna tune in because he's gonna give his guidance for Halloween. One of the efforts for our ongoing housing campaign has been to get the residents involved to help make the housing situation better. Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Ward is here today to give us an update on the Community Ambassador Program. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So since the housing crisis first hit in February 2019, what have we been doing to stay connected with the families and that are living in our housing? So um, 
I took I took command in um, in this past June. So a number of the things that have been going had been uh, a number of the initiatives had been started and well on their way uh, right. when I came in. Um, so they they did a multi prong approach um, from not only uh, inspections and identifying the problems that were in the houses uh, that the residents were complaining about, but also uh, it was realized that they needed mechanisms to have community involvement, to hear feedback from the community, to continue to build that trust with the with the residents and the and the garrison. So uh, a number of programs were started up. One of which was uh, the the uh, housing the uh, housing focus. Uh, which is a once a month meeting that due to COVID has been done over the phone. Um, and then we're, we're looking at mechanisms to try and do that, go back to doing that live. And it's a venue for residents open forum to come address issues. Uh, it allows the, the command to put out any information on where various programs are or to address issues. And also with Corvius there, uh, that way it, it's the residents identify a problem Corvius goes, okay, we'll look into it. And then the garrison then has like, okay, you're going to follow up on that, right? And, right? and then continue to follow up. So it's not just going to an empty, you know, complaint box that you're never sure if anybody ever answered it. Yeah. So, right. So. And by Corvius, it's the Corvius manager here at the fort. Yes. So it's and then housing, like, how, I'm sorry, and housing is also a part right. of that too. And then our yeah. garrison housing office yes. as well, yes. So, and, and you may not have, you haven't had a chance to participate in one of them, but before before the change over, um, we used to do uh, these town halls, these housing town halls. Um, we'd all go down to the theater. We'd, you know, we they'd come down in person. They'd ask uh, questions directly. And I once we can do that safely again, that, that'll be something you participate in. Right, absolutely. Um, oh, what other programs uh, do we have uh, for, for housing? So right now for housing, um, we are continuing to build on the uh, Community Ambassador Program, mm -hmm. which is a, an initiative to get residents um, that, is, that would go through a number of classes and be certified and approved by the garrison commander that would, um, that would serve as, you know, in the, in the name, an ambassador for the, the garrison, for residents in their particular area to bring issues up. So part of that um, certification process, if you want to call it that, is a number of classes, about, I want to say, 10 to 12 hours of, of instruction and certification. So uh, we are right now in the process of still developing that um, that POI or the, the classes. Uh, Colonel Nyland, the gar new garrison commander that just took over a couple weeks ago, uh, he wants to um, view all of these classes and then provide further guidance on where what he wants to do for the program um, to make any changes based on the original kind of template. So where we are, we're, we're developing the program, but unfortunately, for uh, due to COVID and PCS season and that kind of thing, it, it has slowed a bit, but we're still moving forward. And the program itself, too, is more like, so each community will kind of have a, a couple of different people who are the ambassadors. Yes. And the intent is really for them to connect with their communities. Yes. And then for those ambassadors to almost be like the liaison between their communities and the garrison. Right. So especially in the case of um, new families that are arriving to Fort Meade, um, just like any time you move to a new area, what are the mechanisms to address you know a leaky faucet or how do I get in touch about this problem or 
I have concerns about uh, whatever they may be. And just having that, that known person to reach out to that has that information. And then uh, our goal is to make Fort Meade the uh, the housing you know the, the the base of choice for people to yeah. want to come to. Right. So then the question is, what mechanisms can we have in place to facilitate that, where the residents who are here feel like their their concerns or their needs are met to the best of our ability? Right, and I think it's really great for them to have a direct line with leadership here at yes. the garrison. I know until I started working for the garrison, I wouldn't know how to go find anybody. Um, so I think it's really important that they have that that outlet and yeah. you know have those opportunities. It builds trust, you it know, does. And, and and that's something we're really concerned with. The garrison commander was really, you know, he was really big on building that, you know. Well, yeah. Without it, you don't have anything. <laughs> right, and especially, I mean, with the population density we have here, I want to say it's about fifty eight, fifty nine thousand total people that are on this base at any given time. And if you look at the, the total footprint of the base, a population like that would typically be a Fort Hood, a Fort Bragg, yeah. right. a, a ma- that's almost the size of a county with, uh, with land space. And in, this, in our case, we have a small installation yeah. and a lot of people packed into it. Yeah. So it, you have to figure out a solution. You have to figure out the challenges to work through them because you, it's, it's a little post, but it's densely populated. Right. And hopefully with a program like this, we get alerted to issues before they explode. Right. And that's, yeah. and that's yeah. what you, you always prefer to get, you know, to use the phrase, left of the boom um, yeah. to mm-hmm. identify yeah. things before they're a big problem. Right. Um, and Because there's going to be issues. Right. There's always going to be I problems. I mean, it's, that's, it's a house. It's a house. It's <laughs> right. meant to be lived in. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to have issues. Right. And, you know, and like, you know, with the housing crisis where it just kind of all blew up at once, it seemed like. And, you know, we were working on things prior to the big, you know, February 14th fiasco um, when the housing crisis kind of hit here at Fort Meade. And as Colonel Sprague would have said, every major leader in like a 20-mile radius was here. Right. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll just be nice to just kind of be working with the tenants and ha- for them to know that they, they're going to get action before it has to become a problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the... There's always going to be problems, and I've had bosses in the past that say, you know, what's not, what's most important is what are you doing next? Like, right. issues are always going to pop up. What are you doing about it? And our goal is to show the community that not only are we do, we working to the best of our ability through um, through Corvius to identify those issues, but also being transparent about those systems and processes so there's expectation management for the population and there's also transparency for knowing that when an issue is brought up that there is a process to it and they understand that for how we address whatever it is so so i like that you brought up uh, the part about what's next um you you came in and you were handed this mission by lieutenant colonel chapeau Mm -hmm. and so the question is is what are you going to bring to this mission so, um, I, I, uh, I joked with Colonel Chapeau before he left that I, the, the, uh, the size of the shoes that I had to fill because yeah. <laughs> everything that, that came up here from the housing crisis to COVID with, yeah. um, where he, where the battalion was also managing, uh, the task force pre-screen. So if, if you went to the commissary of the mm-hmm. PX and, and all of that kind of in, rolled up into a couple of yeah. months, um, the uh, my background was a, as a uh, civil affairs officer on the active duty side, and so uh, 
most of my operational experiences have been coordination, whether that's uh, non-governmental organizations, government agencies, um, other militaries. So um, being able to kind of bring a, different people and different organizations together to get them going in a, in a unified direction, or at the very least, being able to work together, I think is one of the areas I can mm -hmm. really plug into. If somebody wanted to be part of the community ambassador program, or even for the focus groups, mm -hmm. for that matter, how how would they do it? So for the the focus groups, we uh, we blast out an email um, to the uh, people that have have been on it currently, and then I will episodically get from various different places so and so spouse is interested in joining, and then I will add that to our distro list. Um, we advertise it out on the, uh, the Facebook page, okay. mm -hmm. and um, that way we, we get the word out for that. Um, we also have the, the, the Garrison Commander Facebook live chats, um, which, mm -hmm. has an, which always has housing come up as an issue. And then for the ambassador program, as we develop it and get it kind of up and running, and once we have those set classes, because of the time constraints, uh, we will be blasting that out, and then anybody that's interested we will begin the vetting process for those people to get them involved. But we're happy for anybody to participate in the, uh, the housing focus group where the more information we can get about not only the areas, but also it, 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 it acts as a, as a sounding board for us that we know um, plans and, and things that we put into place are working or they're not. Right. Or maybe it's just as simple as a misunderstanding about um, like what the current COVID rules are for right. something, yeah. for something whether it's um, housing repairs and whether they have to wear masks or stuff like that. And sometimes it's just as simple as un peop the, the people understanding what the current kind of rules are in this COVID environment to, to clarify any of their concerns. What kind of timeline are we looking at for implementing this program? Um, so based on the uh, kind of the current progress and then with uh, the new commander coming in, um, we're probably looking at in the next couple of months only because things have have been very sluggish in moving forward. And then once we present the, the plan to Colonel Nyland, um, not knowing what direction he's going to want to take it in, there will be some adjustment to that as well. So the the best way now for people to um, to get involved and to participate and share and exchange information is through the uh, the focus group. They all all things housing after you can understand for obvious reasons, like you mentioned, um, uh, the previous commander saying that every senior leader in a 20 mile radius has been <laughs> up here. So, I mean, this is very still much on everybody's mind, it's right. very yeah. much a priority. Um, in the because at the end of the day, you want, you want your service members and their families to feel like they're taken care of, um, whether that's at the office on a deployment and then when they come home. You want to the best of your ability to to um, to live up to those standards and those expectations of care. So that's really what we are striving for. There's certainly been some issues in the past, and they're undeniable, right? Um, but the best we can do is move forward in a transparent and you know understand a direction that everybody can see and understand. Mm -hmm. Joe, did you know that Fort Meade has a favorite baseball team? Yeah. Uh, it's the Orioles. <laughs> right, yeah, it's right fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's great being real close to them, too. So that, that helps a lot. 
Absolutely. And they show us a lot of love. They give us uh, tickets to games. They're home Sunday games every year. They do the Sunday sweet events, with, which, Joe, if you don't know what those are, it involves free food, a box suite, and a meet and greet with a player. Yeah, and, and I haven't really, I haven't had a chance to participate, well, I can't, in the uh, annual youth ball clinics that they do here at Fort Meade uh, in April. So we kind of missed it this year, you know, because of COVID and everything. But, uh, you know, that's pretty cool that they come here and they do that for everybody. Yeah, and, the, you know, the funny thing with those uh, youth clinics is a lot of parents show up, too, and have a really good time. We always get three or four players, new players. Um, former players, and it's always a lot of fun, and the kids are just all over the fields having a great time, and I was like, wow, I wish I lived somewhere where I could have something like this as a kid. Um, we see young boys and girls out there just kind of playing with their heroes, and it's really a cool experience. Yeah, um, so today we have uh, Jennifer Grandal from uh, over in Camden Yards in Baltimore, we were talking earlier, and you were like, you have to say it, amazing. You know, it's like, it's Camden Yards over <laughs> in Baltimore. So uh, Jennifer's the Senior Vice President of Community Development and Communications. That's pretty cool. That that's, sounds like an amazing gig. Thanks, Joe and Sherry. Appreciate you having me on today and really appreciate all of your uh, Orioles uh, love. We, we, it's a mutual love experience for sure, and we appreciate all the support we get from you guys and you know, certainly value so much everybody uh, there and what you do. And I know we saw you during the Birdland Caravan, um, but uh, certainly we're, we're looking forward to hopefully a regular baseball season next year so we can see you in person again. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the Birdland Caravan. That was awesome because the GM was here. And he I was with him. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. he commented, I have this orange shirt. I wear the same orange shirt every time you guys come to post. And so he finally noticed. He, well, he, I mean, he, it was his first time here. But he's like, did you wear that just for us? I'm like, yes, I did. I felt very seen. Well, Jennifer, we miss you guys down here. As Joe and I were just saying, the baseball clinics, the Sunday suites, uh, usually our commanders are throwing out pitches at games, and none of that's happening right now. How is the team and your community outreach, how is that working now with COVID? Yeah, so, you know, we've had to adjust, just like everybody, you know, out in Birdland has had to adjust. We have implemented a lot of health and safety procedures and, and um, protocols for our players, for our employees. Most of our employees are not at the ballpark and they're working from home. So, uh, you know, a, an entirely virtual experience for them as well. And with that, we've had to become really creative on, on organizations that we partner with through virtual volunteer opportunities. In November, we, we kind of kicked off a new Orange and Black Gives Back volunteer program, which is all of our employees with a goal of 100% participation. And even though we're living in a virtual world, we're almost at 40% participation across all of our employees um, for, for projects. In addition to that, we've been very proud to welcome the Salvation Army, who's been distributing food outside of Camden Yards, from Camden Yards to the most vulnerable seniors in the community. 
literally distributed hundreds and hundreds of thousands of meals from Camden Yards. And our, and our staff has been participating in that World Central Kitchen. I mean, really just all hands on deck. And, and you guys know what that's like when right. you have to come together as a team and, and uh, try to get things done. And, and we're just proud of the work we're doing right now, despite the challenges. You know, and of course, we're missing Trey Mancini, who is, uh, you know, battling colorectal cancer. Right. And one of the things that we are really proud of with Trey is kind of linking, again, going back to that community work. We've been supporting his work on the Never Too Young board of the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. We just sold out of all of the t-shirts for, to benefit CCA for Trey. And, uh, you know, we're, it, it's just, it, he's a missing link, but he's, he's very much still a part of the team. He's still in the team meetings. You know, we have his locker there waiting for his return and hopefully yeah. we'll see him sooner than later. Oh, absolutely. I know the fans are excited for him to return as well. Clean bill of health and everything. So it's actually really nice yeah. to get kind of that update. I don't want to ask personal questions about his health, but I think it says something that he's still participating in the team meetings and stuff. So that's a good sign. Absolutely. Yeah. And he, you know, we talked to him a lot. In fact, I have all of his mail sitting on my desk right now in the clubhouse and I'm ready for him to come in because the pile is growing extensively. <laughs> Trey, go get your mail. <laughs> oh, yes. With, so just talking, just talking a little baseball shop for a second, I guess. I feel like for years, a lot of people have said the baseball season's too long. Um, I personally don't think so. I'm a diehard baseball fan. I could do it all year, but not everybody agrees with me. Has there been any talk or conversation that if a shorter season works out really well, that they might keep something like this after COVID? I'm pretty positive that's not the case. We already have the 2021 schedule and uh, that is a full schedule. So awesome. I, like you, am looking forward to that. There are a lot of people who want to get their baseball fix. You know, we have tons of Birdland members who invest in the team year round and, and want to be in those seats every game. So uh, we're planning for season next year. In fact, this week we're, we're already discussing um, ticket sales for 2021 and what that looks like and some of the community programs that we want to implement next year. You know, we really are getting towards the tail end of 2020, which I think is probably welcome to a lot of people who are struggling right now and want to focus on, you know, what What's next right. and uh, there there will not be uh, less baseball anytime in, in major league baseball's future well good <laughs> yeah you've already said um, you know that you've been working with the Salvation Army to, to give meals to to those in need um, so what program maybe that can't be done during COVID do you miss the most and are you looking forward to getting back to when COVID is behind us? You know, Sherry mentioned the meet and greets, uh, the Sunday meet and greets. That, that, that's very meaningful to our club, you know, to interact with our military families um, who sacrifice so much for us. And, you know, our players, you know, Alex Cobb, I think of a few, Asher Wojciechowski, who went to the Citadel, you know, th th this is important to, to them and they've expressed that they want to continue to support. So, We've been able to do it virtually. It's not the same thing, but I do think it has a lot of meaning to the people that are participating. And whether that's the families or again, our players, uh, you know, um, 
I, I, RBI is another, you know, we're missing our RBI kids. And we made a decision as a club not to move forward with our summer RBI league because we didn't feel that based on everything we're doing to keep our players safe and the risk associated with, you know, families getting sick. If, if a child goes home and gets, you know, their mom, dad, grandmother, whomever sick, their teacher, we didn't want to take on that responsibility, but I think our kids are really missing it. I also think our program coordinator, who's in my department, Nick, who you know, Nick Jones, yeah. is really missing it as well. Because we, the thing about our club is that we don't do things just to check a box. We do things because it's important to us. And we've made the decision to focus on programs that we feel have a real impact on people's lives. And that is the same whether we're virtual or in person. And uh, so I really look forward to being able to see those kids, being able to see those families come on Sunday. And, uh, you know, a lot of the other of the other things that we're able to do now is sort of a placeholder for that in-person experience. A few minutes ago, you were talking about some new initiatives. So what what new things do the Orioles have coming coming up the line? Yeah, so one of the things that we just launched, what we call the Voter Up campaign, and what that is is a really a resource page that gives people voting deadlines, how to register to vote by mail, you know, things that they need to know to find their precinct, and I, we think that's very important because in this, this year, you know, we've seen all of the things that are affecting our families, and voting is very powerful. You know, I haven't missed an election since I turned 18 and was able to vote, not one primary or general. And I believe that a lot of people can influence outcomes, but they don't always know where to go for information. Right. So we're able to provide that resource. Um, we'll be introducing some additional community programs. Our Orioles families are doing um, right now assembling uh, favorite things baskets. So I don't want to reveal too much about that, but that's an Orioles tradition that many people are used to seeing at the ballpark. And we'll have those again auctioned off to benefit charity. So, you know, trying to be creative and, and still engage our wives, you know, girlfriends of the players, the, the families that, that are, are truly behind them and, and the ones that are, are cheering behind the scenes. And it sounds like you guys are doing some amazing work you know, feeding your community right now. Um, because with COVID, many of us, some of us are still blessed to have our jobs, but many of us are not. And that's a huge, I mean, that's just huge. And it's, it's something you don't have to do. I really don't think there's anything in the Major League Baseball manual that says you have to do this kind of work. And it's just incredible the amount of it you do. You really, I knew you guys did a lot, but wow. I, I'm Thank impressed. you. Thank you for saying that. It, you know, it's our priority. And you know, you're talking about our players and coming to the ballpark, and we have an incredible clubhouse. These guys are working hard. Um, Brandon Hyde, the manager, sets the example for, um, you know, teamwork, communication, uh, that never give up attitude. And, you know, our GM, Mike Elias, who you met, you know, again, very important for these guys to support what we're doing in the community and reaching out to fans. And when we visited Fort Meade for the Birdland Caravan, we were, Hanser Alberto was there. I was yes. there. We were playing games with your group. And it was just, it's just nice to remember, you know, we're all real people and we want to interact and we want right. to get to know the people that are there behind us. And we want them to know that we're behind them too. And, and this community outreach is, is the best way we can do that right now. 
it's always a great time when we can have the Orioles uh, join us on the podcast or join us for anything really at Fort Meade. So thank you, Jennifer, for chatting with us today. Joe and I wanted to share this fun story earlier when we were talking to Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Ward uh, before his interview, he actually had this really funny story about this time he played baseball with a kid while he was deployed. So in honor of October and the World Series and baseball season, here's Lieutenant Colonel Ward's story. Well, I can't compete with jumping out of things, but if you stick around long enough, you might get to throw the first pitch out at a baseball game or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do stuff like that. I, I will definitely practice that because the, <laughs> the last, what would mortify my entire family growing up as sports fans is, would be like, <laughs> well, I, I will tell you that when um, people have done it in the past, uh, when Lieutenant Colonel Chapeau did, he was outside practicing. Yep, that would <laughs> like he was going out and you know, yeah, I'm like, what too. are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I totally would too. Um, and then uh, there was one time, I don't know if it was him or somebody else, one one of our Lieutenant Colonels, He you didn't know him, Joe, he, he left before you were here. Oh, man, he threw some heat. Like, I was like, the Yankees need to pick <laughs> up this guy. Like, you could collectively hear the audience go, whoa. Right. Like, That's cool. When he, so, he threw it so hard, and we were all like, you could just hear the gasp. That's like, awesome. So I was the big disappointment to my family because I was the only <laughs> lefty that I, I, my brother was the one that was the naturally athletic one. So yeah. the fact that I wasn't and I couldn't throw the heater as a left-handed, you know, pitcher was like, you're, you're, maybe you should try a different sport. We, we lefties get a bum rap. <laughs> I'm a lefty go in the too. Army. We get a bum rap. <laughs> <laughs> you have no but, sports career. Well, I was uh, I was in the Philippines on a on a training exercise, and so we were at this. I want to say it was an elementary school. Um, we were doing a, an assessment with the with the the Philippine Army class that we were training, mm-hmm. and so this this little like ten year old kid comes up to me and he's like, you know, oh, you know, he hands me a baseball glove. Yeah. He wants to play catch, and I'm like, yeah, yeah sure, you know. But he hands me a right-handed glove, oh, and yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, okay, we can we can kind of figure this out. So I get behind the, you know, my brother was the catcher. I I didn't play, but I, I get down behind the plate, and I and I've got the glove, and I'm off-handed. And this kid, first off, two things wrong here that should have been an indicator. One, this kid's wearing like baseball pants. Yeah, like get, uniform. Get out he's of ready. The way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so indicator one, indicator two, he's not using a baseball. It's almost a uh, like a field hockey ball. Oh, so oh, it's wow. ru- it's a little more rubbery, wow. yeah. rubberier, and <laughs> right, fumble through that. And so this kid, like all of a sudden, I hear the <laughs> coming towards me, and I catch the first one. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I, I'm basically dressed like this. I've yeah. got my sunglasses on. No protection. So I, I, you know, I kind of throw back to him, and fortunately, the ball went in his general direction because I was throwing <laughs> offhand. And then the kid throws the second one. The ball short. It hits the plate in front of me, Ooh. so I go, I go down, you go down to play yeah. it, right? Yeah. But because the ball's not a baseball, it bounces Comes higher, up. catches me right in the face, oh. and so, so I fall, I fall backwards. The sec- <laughs> the, the security detail that, that they had assigned to us is like on the ground. Dying. This kid thinks he's gonna get like disappeared yeah. or something, yeah. and, and I'm just kind of like, oh. Fortunately, the sunglasses took the brunt of it. That's good. And so, I mean, I was wow. laughing about it, but it was just it was like, okay, like, oh, do it again. I'm like, no, why don't no, we? No, good. We're, we're done. Yeah, I think we're good on that. But, so yeah, it was just like, okay, that's fantastic. That is, I, think, I think we'll stick to football. football that is too <laughs> That's it for today's episode of Fort Meade Declassified. Connect with us on Digital Meade, the Garrison's new home for news and events. 
You can find it on our website at home.army.mil forward slash mead, where you can also find up-to-date information on COVID-19.